Sunshine Radio, the hospital radio station for Western Supermare. Hello. Lovely to see you again. It's me, Marcus. Sat opposite me is Nick Chaffee. Hello. And this is the Sunshine Cinema Club. Welcome along. Now, Nick Chaffee is the man that loves movies so much that he's currently working on a film about a psychopathic killer who targets tribute acts that perform the songs of George Michael and Andrew Ridgely. Okay. Something he's called The Silence of the Whams. Oh, my God. I would, I would watch a film of that title. You know, sometimes Goodness me. when I'm writing these, I think, should I, should I bother with these? Are they worth doing? Do you ever have a moment where your hand refuses to, to <laughs> type out the... <laughs> well, kind of. And then I picture your face reacting to them. And that, that keeps you going. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> explains so much. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be reviewing Stan and Ollie, uh, the story of the little-known final chapter in the lives of comedy legends Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Later on in the show, find out what happens when four young men mistake their lives for a movie and attempt one of the most audacious heists in US history as we review American Animals. Also, just for fun, in about 20 minutes, uh, I've got five famous film quotes for you, and that's to identify in our Take 5 movie quiz Right now, here's Nick with the latest movie news. Yep. The headlines this week. Rape scenes no longer allowed in films rated suitable for under-15s, and Ivan Reitman sends son Jason to direct Ghostbusters 3. Scenes of rape and other forms of sexual violence will no longer be allowed in films classified for under-15s in a shake-up of the British rating system. The British Board of Film Classification, the BBFC, will on Thursday publish new classification guidelines explaining in detail why films get the ratings they are given from U up to R18. By far the biggest change is around films that include sexual violence and pornography. The board said the changes were a result of a shift in public opinion over the last five years. Under the new guidelines, no film that contains depictions of rape or strong sexual violence will be allowed a rating below a 15. The feedback we have had from the public during the current consultation is that they don't think there is any place for depictions of sexual violence at 12A at all, said Craig Lapper, the head of compliance at the BBFC. The guidelines also say depictions of sexual violence in 15 rated films must not be detailed or prolonged. The key message from the guideline consultation was heightened concern about sexual violence across the board, said Lapper. Although we operate very strict standards around sexual violence, there was uh, an appetite on the part of the public for us to be even more cautious than we are at the moment. It said people were also calling for a tightening up of rules around how much strong and crude sex references were allowed in 15-rated films. An example would be Seth Rogen's animated film Sausage Party, which culminates in a food orgy. Under the new guidelines, that would have been cut or given an 18 rating, Lapper said. Little or no change has been made to guidelines around swearing or non-sexual violence. David Austin, the BBFC's chief executive officer, said, We know that people are more comfortable with issues such as action violence, if it's in a way they are expecting, such as a Bond or Bourne film. The changes are the result of a public consultation exercise in which more than 10,000 people were interviewed. The BBFC conducts a consultation every five years. It's interesting hearing about the, the changes they're making, because I remember growing up and thinking, 
oh, an 18 film, that's that's the extreme. Nothing's going to be uh, uh, held back in that. Yeah. And then as time goes on, like you look back now at some 18 films, and you think, hmm, a bit passe, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I think the, the good, and the bad, and the ugly still has a, a BBFC 18 certificate, presumably back from when it was first released. And there's nothing in that that would. <laughs> I think that would. Be, that would probably be twelve A these days. I think I don't. There's no swearing. There's no prolonged violence or or gore or anything. Just some, at one point, Clint Eastwood gets really dehydrated. I think that's about the worst of it. Times change. They do. They do. Jason Reitman, the son of original Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman, has been hired to direct a, a, quote, secret new entry in the Ghostbusters series. According to Entertainment Weekly, Reitman Sr. will produce a new film, which will act as a continuation of Ghostbusters 2 and is unconnected thematically with the 2016 all-female reboot. Reitman Jr., whose latest film, The Front Runner, is out now and an outside contender in this year's award season, has been working on the unannounced project for some months under the title Rust City. Producing studios Sony considered Ghostbusters to be a lucrative franchise, but were taken aback by the hostility in some quarters surrounding the uh, Paul Feig-directed release in 2016, which culminated in a stream of racist and misogynist abuse aimed at one of its stars, Leslie Jones. The film's global box office take of $229 million was a disappointment and represented a significant financial loss. This new project is putting clear distance between itself and Feig's film, attempting to engage with long-term fans, asserting that it is not a reboot and using the Reitman name as a form of nostalgia. Reitman told Entertainment Weekly, I've always thought of myself as the first Ghostbusters fan when I was a six-year-old visiting the set. I wanted to make a movie for all the other fans. This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It is not a reboot. Reitman has a a, uh, small role in the first Ghostbusters, playing one of the residents escaping the spook central apartment block, but he was cut from the final film. In the 1989 sequel, he delivered the memorable line, My dad says you guys are full of crap, to Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. The new film is due for release in 2020, and there is no word yet as to whether any of the original surviving cast will return. Original co-writer Aykroyd has been attempting to set up a sequel to Ghostbusters 2 for some time, but it appears Reitman's project is entirely separate. A proposed reboot starring Shannon Tatum never went into serious development. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I love a good Ghostbusters film. Okay. I, um, I, there was some, uh, some speculation based on sources as well that uh, the uh, leads in this film are all going to be um, young teenagers okay. so it basically sounds like they're going down the uh, Stranger Things route which mm-hmm. could be interesting I mean I, I think Ghostbusters is a really good um, family movie as well kids have always been into it so I think it'd be good to um, you know, really engage with a younger audience I do want to sort of say on the record as well I, I quite enjoyed the, um, the 2016 uh, reboot that's fair enough I know a lot of people didn't but um, I, I did feel the um, some of the backlash from some quarters was in- incredibly over the top. Oh, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, completely unnecessary. Mm. Um, anyway. Thank <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Nick. Sunshine Radio, the hospital radio station for Western Supermare. Available free on your telecall bedside entertainment unit on Radio Channel 7. Let's give you a rundown now of the top five UK box office films and the top five UK DVDs. And we will start at the box office. And at number five, we have Bumblebee. 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 Um, yeah, I've not, I've not seen it. I've, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's the good, the first good Transformers movie. Well, I would be biased because I like Volkswagen Beetles, mm-hmm. and Bumblebee is a VW Beetle, so I'm going to like it anyway. There we go. In- instant thumbs <laughs> up from you. <laughs> number four, Aquaman. Yes, which I have seen. Um, it's really odd. <laughs> it's, a, it's enjoyable, but. Um, 
you remember when the um, back in the the early early days of um, of this program, we reviewed the original uh, Superman movie, mm-hmm. and we found it interesting to compare it because um, it was very earnest in a way that uh, a lot of you know big superhero movies these days aren't. They're sort of quite uh, self aware and very quippy. Aquaman is uh, almost like a return to to that. Um, and in, in so much as the, the movie it reminded me most of was um, Jupiter Ascending. Oh wow! Which is okay because I I I enjoyed <laughs> Jupiter Ascending to uh, to a, a certain extent. It's it's very strange. It's also um, I think at this point the um, the, the highest grossing movie of uh, of the of the DC cinematic universe so far, which sort of implies it's going to be that other directors are going to be looking at that film as they sort of try to push that. Uh, that thing forward, which will be very, very, very interesting indeed. I, I, a slight confession: I always find it slightly distracting when I hear people talking about Aquaman because there's a local company that cleans drains, and the guy's called Aquaman. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's about him, though, is it? It's no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> unless, unless he has a trident as well. Number three at the box office is Mary Poppins Returns, which we reviewed on the program last time. Uh, I I quite enjoyed it. It doesn't hold a candle to the original, unfortunately, but um, it is—it's good enough. You know, some of the songs are quite good. The uh, Emily Blunt's fantastic. Uh, Limero Miranda is uh, also also very good in it. And so are the kids. I think it needs time to grow that one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It'd be interesting to see what its standing is like um, in, well, I think even 10 years' time, I think. And number two, we have The Favourite. Mm, which, um, I, well, yeah, also made time to see. I uh, went to Bristol to see it with my family my, as my birthday treat. Oh, nice. As I turned 30. <sighs> yeah, I uh, I know there's a lot of discussion at the moment of um, awards-worthy films and who's going to you know win this after out, out of all of the films i've seen that are sort of front runners for oscars and baftas and such this is far and away my my favorite um pun unintended it's <laughs> just really really funny really enjoyable fantastic cast i mean i i, I watched it with a, like a packed cinema at the, at the watershed in bristol and people were just laughing throughout Really, really good stuff. Olivia Coleman uh, as Queen Queen Anne. Anne. So yeah, it's, it's a. I was going to say it's a, it's a royal film, but that doesn't really do it the, the justice it's, it does. No, it, well, it's. I, I think it's maybe more accurate about the time than uh, other films set in the same period have have been. It feels really grimy and uh, quite dirty. They sort of you know try to put a, a nice face in it and sort of you know cover it up with, uh, with makeup and extravagant cakes, but you get the feeling that. Um, Every setting in that film, in real life, would have smelt horrible. I think, and I, I really enjoyed that about it. Brilliant. And at number one, we have Stan and Ollie, which we will be reviewing shortly. Let's move over to the UK DVD rental chart, and at number five, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, which we uh, talked about in the program last time because it was—I've forgotten which number in our top ten. Was it four? Yeah, it's four or three. It was up there. Because it's really, really good. Just a fantastic action film uh, all around. Uh, oh, and I've just announced that they're going to be making uh, two more back-to-back. Wow. Both with uh, director Chris McQuarrie returning uh, once again. So really looking forward to those. And number four, we have The Meg. Yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> Jason Statham versus a massive shark. That's all you need to say. Uh, that probably is it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, Siberia. Yeah, which I've uh, not heard of before today. So I, I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Keanu Reeves Good. doing a sort of diamond deal that goes wrong. 
and has to fight some angry Russians, probably. Okay, or um, well, Siberians. Or Siberians. Well, I think Siberia's part of Russia, isn't it? They're, they're, they're angry, whoever they are. <laughs> uh, number uh, two. <laughs> now, this one is <laughs> never going to leave the, the charts. Nah. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Has it? I don't think it's. I don't think we've ever not had this in the charts when we've, we've done the show, and it's going up as well. <laughs> it always seems to be about three, and now it's um, number two because I, I guess people have been checking it out, out over the Christmas period. But just fair enough. It's a very, very easy watch to, easy film to put on, and yeah, please the whole family. I think in the in the holidays, I've almost forgotten what I thought about it. Now it's been so <laughs> been so long. I it wasn't for me. I sort of watched it and um, didn't feel anything. Sadly, but it works for a lot of people. Enough for it to be uh, to have uh, not one but two different uh, number one albums um, on the charts as well. <laughs> so you know, it's it's highly successful. Um, so it, it doesn't need me to like it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And just quickly to jump back, uh, Mission Impossible was number four in our charts. There we go. Of the best films of 2018. Well deserved. And at number one uh, in the UK DVD rentals chart. Another musical, it's Mamma Mia. Yeah. Here we go again. Sorry, stepped over your line there. Yeah, but this one we, we did enjoy. Yeah. Quite, well, I say I enjoyed I can't remember what you... Yeah, yeah, I did. You did, yeah, yeah. I did as well, okay. <laughs> um, I think the difference between the two is that here, the songs are... Well, I, think, I just think the songs are better, really. Because, I mean, well, I mean the, the rabbit tracks are already tried and, and tested, and you know, people like me already have an uh, emotional connection to um, a lot of them. But I do think that Mamma Mia is a, just a, a really good film as well even more so than the first one sorry Mamma Mia Here We Go Again is a really good film compared to the, the first one can't remember that subtitle <laughs> um, yeah just really enjoyable ok thank you Nick well up next uh, we're going to delve into the heartwarming story of what would become Laurel and Hardy's triumphant farewell tour as we review Stan and Ollie Listening to Sunshine Hospital Radio with the Sunshine Cinema Club with Marcus and Nick. Um, just about to go into our first review. Uh, that was Eminem with Stan. So the first review on the show this afternoon is Stan and Ollie, rated PG. Laurel and Hardy, Hollywood's greatest comedy duo, face an uncertain future as their golden era of films remain long behind them. Diminished by age, the duo set out to reconnect with their adoring fans by touring variety halls in Britain in 1953. The show's become an instant hit, but Stan and Ollie can't quite shake the past as long-buried tension and Hardy's failing health start to threaten their precious partnership. Stan has been taking wonderful care of me and making sure that Daddy takes all of his tablets. He's even taking the blue ones down. Blue ones? I, I've been giving him green ones. Green? Oh, my goodness. Oliver, what are they? He's kidding. <laughs> well, I'm not finding that funny. I was a dancer. Yes? Mm. I danced for Preston Sturgis. I danced for Harold Lloyd. Really, Ida, you've never mentioned this before. When my knee hurt, what I do? Hmm? I dance some more. Yes, I go faster. I jump high. And heart go away. Yeah. Mm. Hmm? I forget pain. Because pain... It's only in your mind, Oliver. It's not in his mind, either. It's in his knee. And there's no way that you can do the scene in this movie where you fall into the river. I've been telling you about the script. Oh. oh. Director can use double. That's what I told her. Preston Sturgis used double. Oh, and it's okay for Babe to sit about in a river all day. Is it catching his death of cold? I mean, honestly, Stanley, come on. Why you say Stanley? What? What? Anyway, show must go on. Yes? And don't worry about the river jump. It's easy as cake. 
easy as pie. It's a, it's a piece of cake. That's what they say. Starring and Ollie uh, was directed by John S. Baird. Now, you may not be too familiar with uh, John S. Baird. His previous work included the film Filth. <laughs> the story of a corrupt policeman who uh, manipulated his way uh, through promotion. I think it starred uh, James McAvoy and Jamie Bell. Yes, and uh, I think J- the voice of Jim Broadbent as a uh, tapeworm. <laughs> it's a very strange and, and angry film and nothing like this. <laughs> uh, Stan and Ollie was written by Jeff Pope. Now, five years ago, he was Oscar-nominated for writing the screenplay to Philomena. Uh, which he shared that nomination with Steve Coogan, who plays Stan Laurel, mm. um, alongside John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy, and Stan and Ollie. Now, Nick, have we got the Feel Good Film of the Year already in January? <laughs> uh, we, we have a few months to go, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's an uplifting watch. Not very challenging, it has to be said, but uh, I, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be. Uh, as, as biopics go, this doesn't really do anything new but uh, I, th- I think the decision to focus on one one specific part of Laurel and Hardy's career serves the film well I, I feel that most people are aware of uh, m- how famous and beloved they were and for those that aren't the film does a good job of, of showing that they were it's um, I feel like I've been saying this a lot recently it, it's enough not not enough to be as great as they were but uh, a decent reminder of how much they they meant to their audiences one thing that is great however is the the cast uh, steve coogan and john c riley they're both fantastic in their roles as uh, stan and, and ollie respectively very believable and uh, sympathetic and fun to watch and the makeup on on john c riley is also is excellent as well so credit to the makeup and prosthetics team for that also great um as we heard in the clip are shirley henderson and nina arianda as lucille and uh Ida, their respective wives actually i think nina arianda might have been my my favorite performance in the film she's ter- terrific i really enjoyed every moment she was on screen uh the, the epitome of no nonsense but friendly when she needs to be as well at certain times uh the cinematography has a nice glow to it uh there's the the opening shot is um is it's shot in one take that follows them from their dressing room to the uh, the way out west set where they filmed the famous dance scene that was that was good as well um and i'm sort of running out of uh, of <laughs> points to talk about already i i did enjoy it i just found it quite forgettable really i, I feel like the plot is something that we've seen used for dozens of of other similar films and and one-off TV dramas. I was sort of, I was, I was mentally counting down to the point where we would see some sort of uh, big argument where they have a falling out, and then after that, I just sort of waited for them to patch things up by, by the end. It's very, it's very predictable, which I think holds it back from, well, from from being great. Really, I don't f- feel any need to to revisit it. Really, the the overall effect was that I just wanted to watch the real thing. But then again, maybe that was what they were going for. Because I think it's clearly a, a labour of love for the people that were involved. Uh, I know John C. Riley has talked about how he watched countless Lauren Hardy shorts as a as a child. I think Steve Coogan sort of poses him in high regard as well. Um, so it's it's a nice it's a nice tribute. Um, I do struggle to recommend it as a as a film if if that makes. I'm trying not not to be negative because I did enjoy it. Do you? Is that, is, that, is, that, is that coming through okay? I get that, yeah. Okay, so now I'm really interested to ask you then what your Sunshine Cinema rating is out of 10. Uh, so I'm going to give 6 out of 10, which is still a positive score. <laughs> we do like to use the, the whole of a scale on this show. It's it's not a fine mess. It's just fine. 
so, you know, standard biopic press, slightly elevated by some some very good acting from the cast. It's it's nice and very easy to like. Uh, I just didn't feel that there was anything particularly superlative about it. So I'll agree that it could be the feel good movie of the year. Um, it I I just it just doesn't have much to offer beyond that. I think. Thank you, Nick. Okay, still to come, we'll be sharing our thoughts on American animals. Four college kids turned criminals, responsible for history's most inept art theft. But up next is the Take 5 Film Quiz. Playing that as a nice companion to the uh, Stan song from earlier, that's Oliver's Army by Elvis Costello. You're listening to the Sunshine Cinema Club with Marcus and Nick, and now... I'm very excited. <laughs> it's time for our Take 5 quiz. I'm going to perform five film quotes. And these are the last lines from a quintuple of well-known films. Okay. So I'm inviting you all to play along, and I'm inviting you to go head-to-head with Nick. And I'm asking you... Yes, you. Yeah, you. (laughs) To simply name the film that the quote is from. However, I'm asking you, Nick... Okay, right. (laughs) That's you, Nick, here. Yeah. Not you, Nick, over there listening. Different Nick altogether. Yeah. I'm asking you to name the film the quote is from... And the actor that said the film, uh, the quote. Okay. So I need the title and the actor. So are you ready? Here we go. Five film quotes. Let's start with number one. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Films that from number two. Oh, this is Ripley, the last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Come on, cat. What was that last bit? I'll give you the whole thing. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Come on, cat. Number three. I mean, it's not like that at all. He's my brother. I mean, it's not like that at all. He's my brother. What film is that from? And Nick, who said it? Could have to guess on that one, I think. Number four. Getting a bit harder now. Oh no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty that killed the beast. Oh no. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. Mm. Mm. There were two possible answers for the actor in this one. I say nothing. So I'm going to put the name of the one that I know. Okay. 
And finally, quote number five. What film is this from? I wouldn't leave you here this way. You're coming with me. Let's go. I wouldn't leave you here this way. You're coming with me. Let's go. That is the hardest of the lot. It is a well-known film. Okay. And we'll be back with the answers after this short message. Sunshine Radio is run by volunteers and funded by donations. To find out how you can help, why not call into our studios on the ground floor or visit us online at www.sunshinehospitalradio.co.uk. That's the cheesiest backing track I've ever heard. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Pure fromage. <laughs> okay, let's give you the answers now for our Take 5 film quiz. Hopefully you just heard five expertly performed film quotes from five well-known films. Mm-hmm. So let's find out how you got on and how indeed how Nick got on. Point number one. Roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Um, so the film is Back to the Future, and the actor is Christopher Lloyd. Correct, correct. One point. Oh, just one for you. Just oh, one. Okay. Oh, okay. Because if you don't get both, you don't get out. Okay, number two. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. Come on, cat. I never noticed the come on cat there. That's, that's <laughs> cool. Um, so the film is Alien, and the actor is Sigourney Weaver. Correct. One point. Now, number three. It amused me that you found this one difficult. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a sort of... a guess based on what it could be, based on the theme of brothers. Okay, let me give you the quote. It's, I mean, it's not like that at all. He's my brother. I just realised what it was. Is that, is Can I change what? Well, you, you haven't said so, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's, um... Oh, full title? Yes, full title. Okay, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. And the actor is Carrie Fisher. Correct. I, I wrote down Rain Man and Tom Cruise. Because, I mean, the, I the R brothers, yeah. at the end, and he's sort of you know, uh, resistant to that fact and maybe accepted it ever. But I, I completely forgot that was the last line of that particular film. Yeah. Do you know, I even went to check that that was the last line. Yeah, because there's so much sort of... Uh, Dialogue-free stuff at the end. A lot of Ewokery. Yes. I like Ewoks. Nothing wrong with Ewoks. Well, that's a debate for another time. Mm-hmm. Number four, the quote was, Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was Beauty Killed the Beast. Yeah, so, um, interesting one. The film is King Kong. Yes. Which, um, obviously, first made in the 1930s. Correct, but 1933. Then, but then remade by Peter Jackson in 2005. They both have the same. They both have that line as the end. I can't remember the name of the actor who said it in the original, but I know in the Peter Jackson remake it was said by Jack Black. <laughs> now, the, question, the question is whether you want to give me the point based on that, <laughs> on the technicality. <laughs> so, yes, you are correct. It is King Kong. Mm. I had gone with the original 1933. Okay. So, the actor I was looking for was Robert Armstrong. However,. 
as I'm feeling generous, it's the start to a new year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bless I'll, you. I'll give you Jack back. Okay. okay, number five, the final one. I wouldn't leave you here this way. You're coming with me. Let's go. Really tricky, this one. Yeah. N- no idea. Could be anything. It, it really could be quite a lot of them. Is it a Western? No. Okay. No, it's not. That's, it, that's all I had. If I told you that uh, Jack Nicholson was involved... Oh, um... Oh, I've got the name of it. Um, as good as it gets or something like that? Should I give you the answer? Yeah. The answer I was looking for was one flew over the cookie's nest. Oh. Okay. Very end. Uh, Will Sampson was the actor playing Chief Brodman. Yeah. And that was the final line. Oh. Does he take someone with him? I thought he just goes on his own. That's what he says. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Maybe I'm just misremembering it from the um, uh, the, <laughs> the Simpsons episode, that sort of parody that scene at the end. <laughs> but Barney just rips the sink out of it, out of, uh, out of the room and just sprints away and Mo says, he really needs to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the Simpsons is a, is a reference point for a lot of your, your thoughts. I've noticed. It, I mean, it was pretty much the only thing I watched up until age 10, <laughs> I feel like. But it, it parodied so many, well, and, and continue, continues to parody so many so many films. I think I feel like most of the films I've seen, I've seen them because at one point I wanted to understand the reference that was <laughs> being made in that show. Hey, that's as good a reason as any. Yeah, absolutely. Great show. Well, used, um, to, <laughs> used to be. Okay, up next, uh, we're talking about $12 million in rare books and one old lady guarding it. Now, if that piques your interest, stay right where you are, and we'll tell you more as we review American Animals. Again, one of the uh, selections from the soundtrack of the film we're about to review, that's The Doors with Peace Frog. Okay, so now it's time for our film to rent review, and that is American Animals, rated 15. Four university students in Kentucky decide to steal the rarest and most valuable books from the school's library. As one of the most audacious art heists in US history starts to unfold, the main question whether their attempts to inject excitement and purpose into their lives are simply misguided attempts at achieving the American dream. Said you be any new cool people over there? No. Bunch of jocks. You? No. Uh-uh. It's not what I thought it would be. Ever wonder if he ended up being born you here and not someone else? Or you ever feel like you're you're waiting for something to happen? But you don't know what it is. It's that thing that could uh Make your life special. Yeah. Like what? Exactly. Like what? American Animals was written and directed by Bart Layton, who predominantly works on TV series like Locked Up Abroad and Paranormal Witness. Uh, yeah, yeah. The cast... Interesting cast. They've all got an acting background, some greater than others. So um, we've got Evan Peters, uh, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men films. Yeah. Uh, Barry Keown, who was young George in Dunkirk. 
Yeah. Uh, Blake Jenner, who was in the Supergirl TV series, playing Adam Foster. Okay. And Jared Abrahamson, who was in the TV series Fear of the Walking Dead, and he played Corporal Cole. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> American Animals. It's not just a normal sort of drama, is it? It's it's not, and um, that's something that the clip didn't um, didn't reveal. Um, the, the the film begins by saying, "This is not based on a true story. This is a true story," which I thought was a quite a ballsy way to begin. Um, and it, it proves that instantly by introducing the the real people behind this story, and um, then their narration is is folded into the uh, the drama scenes. It is quite literally a a docudrama. It's half documentary half uh, drama and this is something that's quite similar to um, Burt Layton's previous film called The Imposter. Are you familiar with that one at all? Uh, that a guy who uh, comes into people's lives and pretends to be someone else but clearly isn't? Well, sp- specifically one family's life and then the, 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 the film goes from there which is, I mean, that was just as gripping as this and highly recommended, really interesting story. But whereas in that film the drama scenes were there to sort of support the documentary interviews, here it feels like the other way around. Uh, and that's something that really works, I think, because th- this is a movie about the way that movies and other media can warp your mind uh, a little bit in ways that affect how you see the world and and how you s- see yourself, which is something that I've personally had to had to reckon with. Um, not not to the extent that I ever plan to steal anyone or, or commit any crimes, but it's a it's a big mood, as as they say. Um, it, 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 draw, it does draw humour from that as well. There's uh, two scenes where it explicitly riffs on uh, Ocean's Eleven, one in a uh, a ridiculous daydream sequence in which the high goes really smoothly while a little less conversation plays in the background, which is uh, fun, and uh, another one where. One member of the group attempts to recruit another by quoting some of George Clooney's dialogue. So he says to them, you're in or you're out right now in, in the exact same cadence that George Clooney does in that film. And of course, because film dialogue doesn't uh, com- doesn't accurately reflect real life talking, the other guy just has absolutely no idea what he's being asked to make a decision on. He's just really confused. It also accepts that memories can be imperfect, even when it comes to, to very important ones. Uh, there are several key scenes in this film that present themselves in conflicting versions accompanied by the interviews in which the people remember these events differently from each other. This isn't the focus of the film, but it adds an interesting wrinkle to it. Uh, And an an acceptance that a film, even a a documentary, can never present the whole truth. Uh, I I think by being upfront about that, it negates uh, any disappointment you might feel when, at, at the end of the credits, there's a disclaimer admitting that some scenes have been changed and altered for dramatic effect it's sort of part of the fabric of the film itself um and it's a great dramatic effect as well though i was gripped all the way through i think i think the opening is pretty much perfect and the the ultimate tease for the rest of the film i think if, if someone sits you down in front of that you're gonna just end up watching the whole movie uh, i was also really impressed by the cast um, as we mentioned some of whom have been in big productions before but haven't really had a, a chance to to shine like they do here for um, Evan Peters in particular as the uh, essentially the lead of the film was really really good really uh, fun to watch and people like Blake Jenner as well who has you know, been in, in Glee and stuff like that he's you know given a lot more to work with here and he really delivers um, Barry um, how did you pronounce his last name? Kieran Kieran Barry Kieran BAFTA Rising Star nominee this year interestingly continues to be really good after being in in, in Dunkirk and also incredibly sinister in uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer 
by Yorgos Lanthimos, who's uh, also directed The Favourite. That was a really interesting film. And, um, speaking of uh, returning cast members, and out who was in Hereditary last year, finally gets to play someone who is nice and has no ulterior motives whatsoever. It's, um, yeah, really refreshing. And she's she's good at that as well. She's good at being scary and nice. So I uh, thought it could work. Um, I, I, I think I might have mentioned this. The soundtrack is is great. Like the, the song selection, really fantastic. I was watching the film with subtitles on, which meant that the, the titles of the songs were sort of uh, displayed on the screen. And there were plenty of moments where I made a note of what they are to check them out in full later on um it's shot really well as well the cinematography is really really interesting quite a a little bit grim but um but good <laughs> okay nick well let's get a sunshine cinema club rating out of 10 then okay do you want to add anything before i do well you give it your score yeah and then i'll okay i'll add All right so i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten i just thought it was really really good gripping compelling light-hearted in places just great all around and a film that I, I think was off of most people's radars last year uh certainly was off of mine just and you know, really worth checking out now that it's uh, available to uh, to rent or or to own if you like thank you nick mm-hmm. so it's not that often that nick and i have diff- differing opinions no uh on films but the only other one i can think of is is noah oh yeah and that that was i think that's it really <laughs> um See, listening to your review then, you do highlight some really good points about the film. Mm. Uh, and I would agree with a lot of that. The cinematography does look good and there are some um, standout moments in it that you think, oh, I like that. And, and it had me on board. And I really do enjoy a good heist film. Mm-hmm. And I think because I felt committed to going along with this heist, that when oh now is this a spoiler things don't go to plan no I, yeah, I think I that's think. expected yeah and and it annoyed me that they thought it would mm. <laughs> and i didn't feel any sympathy for the the characters because i didn't particularly like the characters i didn't feel that there was any sympathy i didn't feel there was anything uh that kept me committed to a, to their cause mm. once things had gone wrong and and as such a film about a heist even though it's a story that's true and you have to say uh, you have to perform what, what really happened mm. it oh, I, I don't know it just it, it left me feeling cold afterwards and and slightly angry <laughs> even though it did have a lot of positives okay I wouldn't disagree with what, with what you just... I understand it. Um, and I think a lot of the points that you highlighted about um, the heist isn't as um, as well-planned as the characters think. And um, they aren't... For some people, won't be quite as relatable as, uh, as maybe you would prefer. I think that's on purpose. But, again, I, I accept that that could be a, a barrier for some people to to them liking the film I th- as much I mean you made the point that you found the characters relatable and as such specifically for the whole um, sort of com- confusing your life for, for films sort of thing yeah so going into that yeah, you've you've got a connection there haven't you yeah and I didn't have that connection so exactly yeah yeah so then it's, it's almost like a, a totally different film from, from my perspective yeah um, so I wouldn't, if I was going to score it, 
I wouldn't have scored it as highly as you. I might, I might have gone a, a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and as such, perhaps on this occasion, if I if I play a joker, yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll meet in the middle and uh, adjust the score uh, to a seven out of ten. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I think it's, no, I think it's good to accept that because th- there's no such thing as a perfect film. No, like I'm, I'm sure there's some person out there who doesn't like sinking in the rain. I, I think they're wrong, but <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of them that do exist. Um, for instance, and it's, it's good to to sort of talk. Conflicting opinions are, are always available. Absolutely, and ultimately, uh, it's up to you whether you enjoy a film or not, and you go and see it and, and draw your own opinions. Our opinions are just that. Exactly, because I, I, I like to think I'm always careful to um, when I'm reviewing the film. I always say I felt this rather than um, you know, I've seen some other publications where they say the film is this. So I, I always like to make it clear that it is my uh, opinion on whether a film is successful or not, and you should never let that stop you from from watching something that you want to. Absolutely. Or, or feeling uh, differently. Absolutely. There we go. <laughs> and that wraps that up. Nicely. I think so, yeah. I think we agree that the, the soundtrack to American Animals is, is great. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, Definitely. That's another song from that. That's Crucify Your Mind by Rodriguez, which you may also recognise from the, the documentary about Rodriguez called uh, Searching for Sugar Man, which is very good. Well, we're reaching the end of the show and we just have enough time to tell you some of the upcoming releases at the cinema and on DVD. Uh, out this weekend, we have Glass. Yeah, which I've I've really really been looking forward to. It's uh, following on from M Night Shyamalan's previous films, Unbreakable, and then Split, which was out a, a couple of years ago. This is um, sort of the, the 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 last part of that trilogy, trilogy, sort of bringing them bringing them together. But I think the the movie that he's been hoping to make for for quite some time. I hope it's good. <laughs> well, Split is actually out on Netflix at the moment. Oh, okay. So if you haven't seen it, we'll check you have Netflix. Out. Yeah, it, although having said that, if you're looking for a, a thoughtful film about um, mental illness, Split is not that. <laughs> it's um, very much a sort of horror B movie uh, film, but a good one, I think. Fantastic performance by James McAvoy in it. Yeah, and now you wanted to quickly mention Vice. Yes, this is out uh, 25th of January, so that's uh, next weekend. I've um, seen it already, so I wanted to talk a little bit about it. Um, it's coming from uh, Adam McKay, so previously made the the big short. This stars uh, Christian Bale as Dick Cheney in a it's a fantastic lead role as a film it's very interesting it's ostensibly a comedy but because of what it deals with it's also very very dark in places as well very interesting stuff and that's where we'll have to leave it thank you for joining us uh, we'll be back next week uh, but until then cheerio take care goodbye to find out more about Sunshine Radio visit our website at www.sunshinehospitalradio.co.uk